Well, let's begin today with two very important words in the original Hebrew language you find in the Old Testament. The first one is the word that we use for God. You know, 3,000 times you'll read the word God in the English translations of Scripture. In the Old Testament, the word for God is Elohim, E-L-O-H-I-M. It simply means the God. It is a title. It's not a name, but you'll see it throughout Scripture. And, of course, we pray, you know, dear God. But think about this. The shortened version of Elohim is El, E-L. So you think about biblical names. They incorporate that term. So when you think of Daniel, Ezekiel, Gabriel, they're incorporating in their name to show that they are committed to the God. The other important word to know is what is translated, you know, the Y-H-W-H, tetragrammaton. It, it is pronounced, you know, Yahweh, but it's built on the word for I am. Now, in English translations, that's where you read Lord. And 7,000 times when you read Lord in the Old Testament, that is the personal name of God, Yahweh, which means I am who I am. I will be what I will be. And as the Farrar Fenton translates, the ever living. So these are terms that we use when we pray and think about I'm praying to, to God. I'm praying to the Lord. The personal name of God is Yahweh. And of course, Jesus added for all believers to include then in prayer our Father. Hold on to that thought here and think about something in Psalm 138. When you think about Elohim, Yahweh, and listen here, Psalm 138, verse 2 to 3, David says, I bow down towards your holy temple. I give thanks to your name, and you have exalted your name above all things. The name of God is above all things. That is going to be a key thing for us to understand in our daily walk in Christ. This is not the end of this verse. I'll read the rest of it here in just a moment. Just keep in mind, though, this idea, God's name is above all things. Think about in the context of the Ten Commandments. You don't take the, the name of God in vain. It's not a, a sense of saying it as a curse word. It is to use the, God, the name of God without reverence or to you know to pray in a selfish manner we are to say the name of god is above everything it's above the economy it's above my problems it's it's above sin and when we recognize that and honor him and honor that name you'll see that transforms our very life think about this here from audrey meyer when she thinks about that name audrey meyer on christmas day in 1989 there was a Christmas play at our church, and they were using the, the teenagers to put on the play. And she said at the conclusion of the play, the pastor stood up and lifted his hands, said, his name is wonderful. And as Audrey Meyer said those words, you know, kind of electrified her, and she began to write some words in her Bible. And she thought, you know, God is trying to, to speak through a song here. She went home and wrote a simple chorus put it to music, and as she would state, I did not foresee the ministry one little song of praise would have. I never dreamed I'd hear it sung in Taiwan, in the great churches of Sweden, through Korea, the Philippines, on the rooftop schools of Hong Kong. I never could have conceived it being sung in four languages at the Vatican, or I would hear it sung in the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus was crucified, an experience that was joy unspeakable. 
What is that song Audrey Meyer wrote? Simply this, his name is wonderful. His name is wonderful. His name is wonderful, Jesus my Lord. He is the mighty king, master of everything. His name is wonderful, Jesus my Lord. He's the great shepherd, the rock of all ages. Almighty God is he. Bow down before him, love and adore him. His name is wonderful, Jesus my Lord. So think about this. The name of God is above all things. And now remember the New Testament, Philippians 2, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, every tongue confess that he is Lord. Acts 4.12, when Peter says, there is no other name under heaven given among men by which they must be saved, or Jesus himself, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do. When David says, listen, the name of God is above all things. He's over my problems. He's above my situation. He's above my sin. He's above the economy. He's above evil people. He's above all things. We'll see how that applies to our inheritance in Christ. Again, that's not the end of that psalm there, but think about the name, what that means in prayer. What did Peter say? The, the man asked do you have any money? And what did Peter say? Silver and gold, I have none, but in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Think about the authority that we have in prayer as we honor that name, that name that is above all things, and to really step into that. Let it be our very life every day as you face this week, you face challenges, you face obstacles, and you say, listen, that name above all name is who I serve, who I represent, who gives me authority, and so in my prayers, and in my life, and in my obedience, and in my day-to-day decision-making, I find my life in Him. Therefore, I shall have nothing that I will fear. I want to share some things here from Nick Ripkin, Operation Restore Hope. He spent some time in Somaliland, Mogadishu, that the Horn of Africa. He shared there the poverty is terrible. Civil war had taken place. There's landmines in the ground. And he would go and help as, at villages there to get medical supplies and to share the gospel. He said it's a, a place that unfortunately has tremendous challenge, tremendous darkness. But listen to how he shares about the moment his life changed. He was here in the United States and he was working. Nice job. One particular night, he was the last person there. He's in the building by himself, and he's not made a, a real commitment to God. And, and he says, I was in the building by myself, and I heard a voice. I thought somebody else was in the building. Then I heard the voice again. I thought somebody's playing a trick on me. And then a third time, he said, I heard the voice out loud, audibly. I heard the voice three times. Third time, he said, I recognize that voice was the voice of God. And at that point, he got on his knees and, and gave his life to Christ. But listen to what he said. God spoke three times to him that night. And let this be a challenge for your life as it is for my life. As Nick Ripkin shared that night, that voice said, are you tired of running? Are you tired of running? We get to the place and say, I'm tired of running. I want to serve that one whose name 
is above all things and not in a sense of just reading verses to be inspired, but to say, listen, that is the one who is my life, my authority, who backs my prayers. And so in that name, I will walk in victory, trample snakes and scorpions. In that name, I will, as Jeremiah says, be able to to run with horses. In that name, as Jesus says, I will bind the enemy and and loose the promises of heaven. Because there is no higher authority. So let me share something here. And, and let us learn from these stories here of people that have faced tremendous darkness, but how serving that one, that Elohim, the God, that name, transformed that darkness into life. I'll give you some examples here. Nick Ripkin did some interviews with some people in the former USSR that had been persecuted during the Cold War, and now they able to speak out more freely, but he said, what was it like to be persecuted? If you ever wonder what it's like, listen to the things that he shares here, doing interviews with different people, again, during the Cold War in Russia. And this is the stuff that they had faced at that time. He said, here's an example. They would go to school and the teacher would hold up a Bible before the class and say to the students, anybody know what this book is? And if a student said, yes, that's a Bible, they would say, have you seen one? If they said, yes, Well, where did you see one? My parents have one. At that point, Soviet police would go to that house, and oftentimes those parents were taken away and never seen again. He said another example is pastors had to have a, a weekly meeting with a person called the minder, a representative of the communist regime. And that minder would say to that pastor, what'd you talk about today? And here's what you're allowed to talk about next week. Now tell me who was there today and tell me how they acted. Is there anything that I need to know? And if you have a pastor that stood up and said, listen, I'm going to preach as God leads me. Well, that pastor would simply disappear and that church would be shut down. But listen especially to the story of Dimitri. Dimitri would share that he and his wife and kids, he started to, to explore some spiritual things and he had a Bible. And one day he said to his wife, I think I want to I want to read this and understand it. And so they would sit down as a family and he'd read verses to his wife and kids. And they talk about the stories about the prophets and, of course, about Jesus as they read these stories became a special time as a family. So they started to do this nightly until some people walking by the house heard them through a window. And those people said, what are you reading? I want to understand that too. And before long, a few people started to join them from the neighborhood. And then some more people started to show up. And then the Soviet police stopped by and said, you cannot meet and study that book. Dimitri would share that more people still showed up and they wanted to know what that book said and what does it mean. He was warned again by the police. He got fired from his job. His wife, she got fired from her job. But he said, what do you do? Now we're having dozens of people showing up until one day Soviet police walked in and took Dmitri away. 
he would spend 17 years in a Soviet prison. However, his story was just beginning at that arrest. We'll come back and see what happened with Dimitri here in just a moment. Again, Psalm 138, 2-3, I read part of that verse. I bow down towards your temple. I give thanks to your name. You have exalted your name above all else and something else above all else. What do you think is above all else along with the name of God? You know, in Mark chapter 11, verse 22, you have the... the miracle where the fig tree dies and the disciples say to Jesus how do you have that authority and in the English Bible it says that Jesus responded to the disciples amazement at the miracle with the fig tree by saying have faith in God let me read a couple other translations the Bible in basic English has have God's faith Jewish New Testament has have the kind of trust that comes from God. Numeric English New Testament has have God's faith. The Young's literal says have faith of God. Many simply translate the words have the God kind of faith. You see, if you and I want to run with horses like Jeremiah says... We need to have the God kind of faith that is rested in that name above all names. What does it mean to have the God kind of faith? You study in scripture and see how God creates things and Jesus does miracles. It's that what you see and believe and proclaim comes to pass because of who he is and what he has promised. You know, he speaks and it comes to pass. That is a God type of faith. And that's what you see in the miracles of Jesus. He spent his time in prayer and then he proclaimed, he declared, he touched people to bring a healing and his life, perfect holiness and sinless. And he walked in total victory over the enemy. That's what it is to have the God kind of faith. You know, when the enemy comes in like a flood that you stand up and as you speak against that enemy, resist the devil, then he must what? Flee. That idea of flee is that he runs away in terror. When you stand up in your spiritual authority and you say, I bind the work of the enemy, then his work is bound. Because you don't do it in your own strength. You do it in that name that is above all names. And when you have a a fear in your life, you say, listen, I'm going to proclaim that name because that name is over my fear. That name is over my doctor reports. That name is over the problems in the country. That name is over corruption. It is that name that is our inheritance to boldly proclaim. Miles Monroe said the measure of our appropriation of God's grace is determined by the measure of our prayers. And our prayers are going to be measured by whether or not we have the God kind of faith. The faith that as we believe it and speak it and declare it and are in alignment with Jesus, then it shall be done. As he said, ask it in my name, I shall do it. 
but it has to come from a place where we are in alignment with Christ. We are in obedience. That relationship is whole because we are walking in authenticity. It's not a playing church thing. It's not a religion thing, but it has to be about, yes, he truly is my life. Truly is the one in whom I live and have my being. You know, I like this here from Nick Ribkin. He talks about being in Mogadishu and tremendous crime and violence there. And he said, you know, there was constant stealing. And he said it was the insanity of evil. The insanity of evil. And listen to what he says about Somali and not to say this simply about Somaliland, but selfishness wherever you find it in the world. He said, I wondered how people could be so callous. And then I learned a Somali saying. It explained a lot. The saying is this, I and Somaliland against the world, I and my clansmen against Somaliland, I and my family against my clan, I and my brother against my family, and I against my brother. We see that selfishness all around the world. We see that sort of just putting self at the center of all things with no thought for another. And Jesus calls us and he says, you want to know what life is? Life is about loving so much that you'll willingly lay down your life for another. That's a God kind of faith. Nick Ribkin, he lost his son on the mission field. His son had been sick for a number of years. And he'd made friends. You know, it's 98% of the population are part of the are part of Islam and he said we made many friends though and many Muslims came to the funeral and he said one said something in particular that that he he wrote down but here's what the the person said after the funeral this Muslim listen to his words I don't understand People were singing, people were crying but everyone seemed to know that your son was in paradise. Why can't we Muslims know our loved ones are in paradise when they die? Why is it that only these followers of Jesus know exactly where they are going after death? We weep. We walk away. And we don't know where our loved ones are. Why? That's why the world needs you and I to walk out a God kind of faith to tell them about the one. Listen, his name is over death. His name is over the devil. His name is over all things. And if you honor that name, he's going to honor you. As Ripken said, listen, if Jesus is not the answer to the human condition, there is no answer. But since he is that name that is above all names, again, then we walk in that confidence and having that God type of faith. Listen to what happened to 
Dimitri, and I'll share the rest of that psalm. Dimitri, taken to prison 17 years. He said, I had two spiritual disciplines. I practiced them every day. Every day for 17 years in prison, he practiced these two spiritual disciplines. One was to get up at dawn and face the east. The second was he'd raise his hands in worship and sing one hymn. He sang that same hymn every day. Get up at dawn, face the east, then he'd raise his hands and sing a hymn. Other prisoners, 1,500, they'd laugh at him, they'd throw things at him, tell him to be quiet. But that's what he did every day. The psalm says, I bow down towards your holy temple, give thanks to your name for your loving devotion and your faithfulness. You have exalted, listen, your name and your word above all else. His name and his word are above all things. Since his name is above all things, we honor that name. He honors us. Since his word is above all things, then he will be faithful to complete it. You see, what that means is we honor his name and his word. You use that inheritance of your victory in him and he'll work out the rest. God's word and promises are above all things. So we can depend on scripture promises with our life and say what he says he will do, then he will do. His word he will honor because it's over all things. So you find a promise in scripture and you declare it, proclaim it, speak it in prayer and say, listen, I know that maybe somebody on the mainstream media said this, but let me tell you what my God says. Maybe the doctor gave me this report, but let me tell you what the living word says. And I'm going to live and proclaim that because he will honor that word because he's placed it over all things. That's what Dimitri would learn. As he would say, he picked up a third spiritual discipline in that prison. The third spiritual discipline was this. If he found a piece of paper, he would take that piece of paper back to his cell had a small pencil, he'd fill that paper with scripture, both sides. And then he'd take that paper and he'd put it high up on a concrete block. And the guards would see this, they'd come in, they'd beat him, take the paper, tear it up. But anytime he found one, he'd do that. Prayer is earthly license for heavenly interference because his name is above all things. So that is our inheritance. And as Dimitri would share, one day after years of being beaten, getting up in the morning, filling out this paper with scripture, they threatened to kill his family. He finally said, you win. I'll sign a confession. Just let me go. The guard said, we'll prepare that confession tonight. He said, bring it to me tomorrow. As he would share that night in deep despair, he sat in his cell at that same moment, a thousand miles away, his wife, his children, his brother were praying and they knelt in a circle and prayed out loud. Miraculously, the Holy Spirit of God allowed Dimitri to hear the voice of his loved ones as they prayed. What happened in the morning, his renewed faith, he didn't sign anything. But he did say this. This was the end of his journey. One day I found a whole sheet of paper. I filled it with Bible verses on both sides. I put the entire sheet on a concrete wall, offered it to Jesus. I was beaten and told I was going to be executed. As the jailers dragged him to be executed, the strangest thing happened. 
Before they reached the courtyard, 1,500 criminals stood at attention, faced east, and sang that hymn. Dimitri called it the greatest choir in history. They sang the same hymn he sang 17 years. The jailer said, Who are you? He said, I am a son of the living God. His name is Jesus. Jesus.